Morning, everyone. It is Friday, April the 8th. Bit more of an upbeat session last night. Henry, you're our overnight man today. What did we have? Thanks, Ben. Well, we had a slightly positive night coming from Wall Street. And once again, it was all about the Fed and trying to analyse and read between the lines of what the various heads have been talking about. But the Dow ended up uh, around 86 points higher, 87 points or 0.25 of a percent. So not very exciting, really. It did have a low, though, of around 300 or points down and around 210 points up. So it was a relatively volatile day. Again, we did see the NASDAQ pretty much unchanged. So that didn't miss out to some extent. I guess the big news overnight from the US was to Berkshire Hathaway uh, with Warren Buffett have taken a stake in Hewlett Packard HP. And that stock had a pretty good uh, rally on the back of that. I think it was up around 14%. Metals and commodities not doing a lot last night. Iron ore down slightly, oil down slightly, and base metals not really doing much at all. But we did see gold having a relatively okay time up around 0.8 of a percent. Spy futures were pointing to a 38 point rise. We're currently at 1042. We're up 24 points. So a little bit lackluster compared to what the spy futures were uh, pointing to. But of course, next week is a short week and we have Easter looming. So no one being too brave at the moment. Good. Thank you, Henry. Thomas, what have we got to round out the week today? Thank you, Ben. We've got the market up around 20 points when I last looked at it. Miners and energy are outperforming. We're on track for a slightly negative weekly performance. Lithium miners are higher after UBS lifted its outlook. Grain Corp also had an upgrade to their full-year earnings guidance. ProMedicus has signed a contract with Innova Health and Rio has frozen Russian links at Queensland Illumina. We've got the RBA Financial Stability Review at 11.30. Not going to be very exciting or not expected to move the needle much. We do tend to get a very nice graphic with the release. So that will probably be in the midday. Next week, we have US and UK inflation data. We have unemployment data locally. Eurozone has a monetary policy decision. And most of the big Western markets have a shortened trading week, obvious because it's Easter, the Easter holiday. And I'll just lead straight into strategy today, which I am on as it's Friday. Give a quick look back at the week, which was dominated by the Fed and RBA commentary. I do give a quick look at why rate hikes don't always help the banks. We know there's a couple of push and pull factors with rate hikes, and I've made a calendar for the upcoming May bank report results season and included the ex-dividend dates as well. And also got some dot points on why there are still a couple of tailwinds for the iron ore miners, iron ore stocks. I should say they are prefaced with consideration for what we said yesterday about rising commodity prices and that relationship with the US dollar. So a lot in there today, Ben. Good stuff. Thank you, Tom. We'll definitely have to check that out. Leighton, what have we got coming out of the brokers? Thanks, Ben. I've got Magellan Financial. While the third quarter um, update showed a growth of 1.3%, the net outflows for the quarter were in line with market expectations. UBS has a sell recommendation there. Macquarie has an underperform and Credit Suisse is neutral. The average target price is $13.73, implying a 20% downside current share price. As Tom mentioned, UBS updated its lithium forecasts, and that was on the back of the realized spodumene and carbonate prices in All Chem's Investor Day. They've lifted their target price for All Chem from $13.80 to $15.10, implying an 18% upside. And one more, I've got Gold Road Resources. Their Q1 update showed production, sales, and realized pricing all higher than Macquarie's estimates. And they've got an outform recommendation and a target price of $1.80, which is 20% above the current share price. 
and UBS is also there saying buy and they have a target price of $2 implying a 33% upside. Thanks, Ben. Beautiful. Thank you, Leighton. Lots of activity for Alchem this week, it feels. Every day, I think you've been yeah, pretty, talking about that. Pretty much every day there's been an update. Very good. Thank you. Chris, fresh off TV, looking like you've been on TV, nice and pampered up. What have you got for us in technical trades? Thanks, Ben. I'll keep it short and sweet. Coles Group is the chart of the day, looking as though it's going to break higher above a resistance level around 1830. And I think, let me just check, 1827 currently trading at high of 1835 so had been through so an, a live opportunity for anyone playing at home uh, the reason why I like it as well is the budget uh, there's some eight billion dollars over the next two financial years of incentives that will be pumped back into the economy and the purpose for those incentives of course was to offset the rising food and petrol prices so that money will undoubtedly flow to the supermarkets Coles and Woolworths the major beneficiaries there so some nice macro tailwinds as well there will be a fresh trade in the technical trade section today I won't tell everyone what it is just yet, but make sure you tune in at 11.45 as it goes live for a new trade. Cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. I like it. Thank you, Chris. Henry, what are you up to today? So I mentioned as well, before I kick off, Platinum Asset Management came out this morning with their funds under management and they're down 14%. So not a good result for them with their FUM shrinking on their performance, it looks like, rather than money actually walking out the door. It looks like they've got some bets wrong. So that's not good news for them. As far as my stuff goes today, two themes today. One is looking at the BHP Woodside merger, which I have been asked about by a number of people, very confused about what's going on. So trying to clarify that, uh, I have emailed BHP a couple of times hoping to get the inside scoop. It's not the most complicated deal in the world, but the details still are a little fuzzy. Woodside shareholders have to vote on the proposal in late May for it to all go through, which of course it probably will say a resounding yes. And BHP shareholders will effectively be given shares in Woodside at a ratio, and that will be considered an in-specie distribution, and it should be fully frank. Uh, The other thing I'm looking at following on yesterday in uranium. Yesterday I wrote up Paladin. Today I've written up Boss Energy, which is on the cusp of their final investment decision for their honeymoon project in South Australia. And they will become Australia's next uranium producer if they say yes to that FID. And they did just raise 120 million bucks to uh, progress the project. So that one actually is unfortunately, annoyingly, is up uh, 6% this morning, but certainly one to keep an eye on if you're playing the uranium space. That is about it from me. Great stuff as always. Thank you, Henry. Marcus, you're sitting quietly in the corner there. Anything you'd like to add before we jump to the question of the day? Yes, thanks, Ben. A little bit of a a stretchy backdrop, probably worth saying today and tying in with the ideas section. We've closed out nine ideas, almost all of them for a decent profit in the last few days. And that is a reflection of the fact that we seem to have come to the end of the Russian rebound, which was although it's never easy, which was easy money. And things look a lot more choppy. I see one of the news wires overnight describing the market as entering choppy waters. And I've often thought that the, the market's a little bit like the sea. When it gets stormy, you don't have to keep sailing. You can just hit the beach and watch from a distance. And we've hit choppy waters. So just backing off to the beach a little bit on our trade section. We still have some trades in there. My Chinese trades buying Alibaba and the iShares China ETF have not played out, but it's in the very short term. Zero is still going up. Sold these lithium stocks a little bit early today. You'll see all the lithium stocks higher, but we're still sold them at prices which are higher than the current prices. And we've got a couple of other trades in there. The basic message is we're backing off. We're now going back to worrying about the wall of worry, which is a whole
whole portfolio of concerns the market always has, but none of them abnormal, none of them are precipitous. So we're worrying about the pace of Fed rate rises, accelerating the pace of the balance sheet reductions, risk of a very hawkish Fed meeting on May the 4th, debating whether the Fed can engineer a soft landing. We've got risk of recession in Europe. We've got the Russian conflict and worrying about how long that's going to run and the long-term impact of Russian sanctions. All those elements are not precipitous, but enough to just bring us to the end of the Russian rebound. So looking for our next moment to trade, which hopefully will have an easier market backdrop than we seem to have this week. And as Tom said, market just down a little bit this week as the uh, Russian rebound peaked out. Another couple of quick things. In the ideas section, we had a look at Grain Corp today. I'm afraid it's up 6%. Chris almost bought it in his trading section the other day. I can't buy it. If you look at it as an investment, this is a seasonal stock. It has very good years, bad years. To give you an idea, return on equity in the last six years has been 12%, 2%, 12%, 20%, 10%, 6%. It's an unreliable stock. Earnings on the forecast are supposed to go from this year's boomy year to minus 19% next year, minus 6% next. This is a stock you trade for the good times. And having seen the share price already up from three bucks to nine bucks over the last couple of years and up from six bucks to nine bucks in the last year, it's hard to join in now, now that all the good news about a good year is coming out, which we'd sort of heard anyway. So can't buy it. It it's, doesn't look expensive, but this is a stock that you would only buy, I think, out of FOMO at this point, And that's not good enough reason. And that's me. Very good. Thank you, Marcus. And question of the day today, we've got a big weekend of sport coming up in Melbourne. We've got the return of the Grand Prix, first one since 2019. We've also got the Masters on, which is the premier golf tournament on the calendar with Cameron Smith, the Aussie, sitting in second place after the first round and hopefully bring home the chocolates and Tiger Woods making his return after over a year off. So big weekend of sport. The question today is who's going to win the Melbourne Grand Prix, keeping it locally. And you can chuck in a Masters tip if you have one as well. Chris, you're sitting to my left. You're giving me some death eyes. Well, you got a tip for either. Got to back Danny Rick, even though his car's probably one of the worst cars on the grid. But no, I think Charles Leclerc from Ferrari will continue his winning ways. And for the golf, I'm not a golfer, but I'll just, just say, say Tiger. Tiger Woods. Yeah, for, for sentiment reasons. Very good. Tom? <laughs> I have no idea who will win the Grand Prix, but I heard the colour red makes you go faster. So I'll go with Ferrari as well. That's why you're wearing that bright red jumper today. Maybe has some. Yeah, I want to be fast today. Maybe that's why. Very good. Leighton? Oh, well, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I sort of hope that Charles Leclerc wins as well. But I think if there's any drama or something, then it could definitely be Max Verstappen. Very good. Henry? Um, I think Melbourne's the winner, isn't it? Already. It's good to see an event of that scale back and everyone being relatively relaxed. I think it's a sellout. I tried to get tickets and uh, a bit late and missed out big time. I think Hamilton will win. Very good. You got a Masters tip, Henry? Uh, no, I don't follow golf. Very good. Tiger again. Marcus? It's pretty clear Max Verstappen is going to win. Uh, Ferrari probably come in second. After that, there's a, a tail uh, that doesn't include Daniel Ricciardo, who's paying $301 for a win. So an emotional tip, that one at best. And in the Masters, it's, I'm afraid, rather boring. You'll find Tiger Woods sitting at 34 to 1. So he is right out of it. But it is going to be Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson are the hot favourites. Very good. I will shadow your remarks uh, fairly closely. I think Ferrari's one of the Ferrari boys will take it out, though. I'd like to see one of the McLarens, either Danny Rick or probably slightly more likely, but still unlikely, Lando Norris, who makes a good, almost Australian. He seems a good lad. And Cam Smith's going to take it out. But Tiger's going to put in a show, I think. He's uh, he's only three off the pace at 
the moment, and he knows how to win. So I reckon he'll, he'll top 10 it. Daniel Ricciardo has the same odds as Yuki Sonoda. Car trucks. He's been made out of Swiss cheese this year, so yeah. <laughs> I'd have to drive a piece of Swiss cheese around the old uh, park the, circuit. The, the one chance he does have is he might be able to Stephen Bradbury it. He if, he's, if, he's <laughs> if he's just far enough off the pace, like a full lap behind, everyone piles up into the corner and he just finishes by himself. <laughs> Correct. Under <laughs> safety car. Yeah. Very good. All right. We'll, uh, we'll all enjoy watching those events over the weekend and everyone have a good weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Happy Fridays. See you later. See you guys.